tonight on This Is Vinyl Tap. We're sorry. That's right. We've been feeling very guilty because we've been blessed by living in Texas and we've been keeping secrets from our audience. We have not shared some of the great music right here in the Lone Star State. I keep my fingernails long so they click when I play the piano. Getting paid to carry your bags. Took a two hour taxi through North Carolina. I heard more bluegrass music than I wanted to hear. And the big lady driver, she had a tattoo of Jesus. Said, Let the Lord. You're gonna get young before you get old. Them Texas women is Texas gold. Kisses that are sweeter than cactus. In 1948, Columbia Records introduced the 33 and a third RPM long player record. One year later, RCA Victor introduced the 45 RPM single. Listeners now had a choice, only the hits or the full album. In the last half of the 60s, the best bands realized the potential of the longer format and began to build a cohesive body of music that must be heard unbroken. The arrival of downloadable music has increased the temptation to stay in the shallow end with the hits. This podcast believes every album tells a story. Tonight, we tell one of those stories. Tonight, we are going to unburden our souls and tell you about three great Texas albums. This will be a short podcast. I almost want to call it an emergency podcast podcast because of the massive guilt we've been feeling about not revealing these albums to people in other states and other countries. Tonight, each one of us will present a fantastic Texas troubadour. We're going to start tonight with Jonathan J.M. Rowe, who is our humble producer. Then we will be followed by T. That's what we call them now, because it sounds cool, because they did it on the Simpsons. <laughs> Tony? Yeah. Slagle. That's right. I said his name right the first time. J.M., how are you doing this evening? Doing quite all right. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. I see you got a bunch of guitars and Tom Waits hanging on the wall behind you. Mm-hmm. They're not in the Vinegaroon tonight. Only one They're of us not. is in the Vinegaroon Saloon, and that is me. The others are scared of the covid well, and we need we need Doug there to keep uh, guard over the Irish whiskey. We Irish whiskey, yeah. No, we don't no need anybody sneak that. No one need to sneak in and drink that. Despite the big giant twelve night party, I put all of the Irish whiskey uh, in my wife's car, and nobody found it. Good. You can never be too careful at a twelfth night party. That's true. Okay, Jonathan J. M. Rowe, who was. Born in Austin, Texas, and grew up in West Texas. You're going to tell us about somebody who connects both Austin and West Texas tonight. That is that is correct. He uh, actually uh, was born in Amarillo, Texas, which for you who 
uh, don't know Texas, that is in the, the upper panhandle. Amarillo. Amarillo. In the middle and, of the panhandle. And uh, about 100 miles south is Lubbock, Texas, home of Texas Tech. And that's where uh, Joe Ely uh, grew up. And that's where he met uh, two other famous Texas musicians by the name Jimmy Dale Gilmore and, and Butch Hancock. The album I'm going to talk about tonight is his second album. Uh, it is Honky Tonk Masquerade. Hey, y'all, just look away in this honky tonk masquerade. You should have known I knew. Um, and this is the album I think that uh, just really kind of put him on the map, gave him a very unique sound. I am not sure that there was a guy who had a more unique sound coming out of Texas at this time. Um, the out, this particular album, um, is got pedal steel on it, of course, because it's a Texas album, uh, played by the great Lloyd Maines, who's also from that area. And who you also may know from the Dixie Chicks. I believe they're only that. called. I believe they're called the Chicks now. <laughs> no, no, chicks. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, that's correct. Racist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the important thing is to not associate this anything that you're about to hear about with uh, Natalie Maines. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it also has the great, the late great Pony Bone, who is the yep. accordion player on this. Uh, this is an album, even though this is a Texas album, it sounds very like a Texas album to me. It was actually recorded in Nashville. Um, and producing it was a guy by the name of uh, Chip Young, who had worked with other uh, people in Nashville, kind of had a reputation of uh, doing more acoustic sounding albums. Um, another person that's on this album who's who's passed recently is uh, the great Jesse Taylor, fine guitar player out of out of Texas. But uh, the thing I want to talk about this is it, the, the playing is, is spectacular, but the songwriting on this album are is, is hands down, I think, some of the best songs that have, have come out of Texas, especially at this time. Um, you got it starts off with a song called Cornbread Moon. You feel something cooking. Look at that cornbread moon. That is just, it's jumping all over the place. Uh, it's got a beautiful song called Because of the Wind. I think that's one of the best songs that Joe Ely's ever written. Then there's a couple of wind is just irresistible it is and it, it 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 you don't even need to go to uh west texas for it to uh it, it'll put if you just listen to those words it's going to evoke uh what it's like in west texas when it's windy out there and uh well, it's, you know, there's a there's a way to describe um all the trees in west texas are bent for one way and that's because of the wind yeah, and yeah. uh one of the ways I think that's easiest to explain it is uh, and when I lived in Amarillo, someone said, uh, did you hear about uh, the time the wind quit blowing in the panhandle? 
all the cows fell over. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's windy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's three songs by uh, Butch Hancock. Um, great Texas songwriter. It's great, great Texas songwriter. Um, one of them is is Boxcars. That one has got some uh, it's got some airplay. It's been covered by some people. But I think the, the the coup de gras on this song is one by Butch Hancock. It is the West Texas Waltz. It is just about as fun a song as you will ever hear and it is so fun to go to a texas dance hall and dance to this song um and it, it is very clever and hilarious lyrics it, yep yep and uh it's five minutes long but you'll never know it because it is just it moves so fast and it is just uh it's a delight to listen to maybe the so only I, song i've ever heard that has the word renaults in it <laughs> yep and there's uh only two things better than milkshakes and malts One's dancing like the Dickens to the West Texas Waltz. One of the best lines ever. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit more about Joe Ely. He is, uh, like I said, he's from, Am he was born in Amarillo, lived in Lubbock. Um, he formed a band with Jimmy Dale Gilmore and Butch Hancock called the, the Flatlanders. They put out an album in, uh, I guess, what was that? The early 70s, mid 70s? 1972. Yeah, 1972. Then they kind of became a more... Uh, <laughs> They were legendary, um, but they went their separate ways pretty soon after that that album. But they still managed to write songs for each other, occasionally sing together. And then I guess it was around uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, they got back together and made an album. And they've made a couple more since then. So and those are fine, fine albums. Um, Joe Ely, he's... Fame has always eluded him, and I've never quite understood why. And he he's... People like Bruce Springsteen sing his uh, sing his praises. Uh, Joe know, Strummer. Joe Strummer. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, he actually toured with the Clash. Well, and, he's on, and he sings on. Uh, uh, songs, I stay or yeah, on Combat Should Rock. I, so yeah, and they uh, actually quote uh, Joe Ely in uh, their the Clash's 1980 album Sandinista. Well, and he and just real quick, just a brief aside, he they're hook, hooking up or getting to know Joe Ely is responsible for a significant number of uh, or the a lot of the direction that they went on uh, yeah. for for London Calling. Some of the mm -hmm. songs on that, they just were inspired yeah. by by him and, yeah. and what he was doing. So a great yeah. live performer. Also. Yeah, I was about to say he is he a made, fantastic live performer. I'm sure I've seen him. 10 times at least. And it's yeah. always a lot of energy. And he's always got a hot band with him. Um, he, I thought that yeah. was Emmy Lou Harris that had the hot band with him. <laughs> well, he's got, yeah. Sorry. Uh, but he knows good guitar players. He, um, I've seen him. I've just never seen him. Who with was, a, who was it that band. played with him forever? Um, Grissom? David Grissom. Yeah. 
Yeah, really uh, he plays really with good. now he plays with John Mellencamp now and some other guys. Fantastic. Um, one last thing about this album: it Honky Tonk Masquerade is uh, listed as one of the albums that you should hear from that 2005 books uh, book, 1001 albums you should hear before you die. Just thought I'd throw that in there. So it is a it it comes highly regarded, and I I cannot okay. uh, recommend this album more. Can, can I say one thing about it that just slightly tweaks me a bit about the album? Sure. I'm not sure if the re kind of reimagining of Honky Tonkin was necessary, to be honest with you. And bring along some gold. I'm gonna agree I think, with you on I that think the album is fantastic. The mm-hmm. steel playing on it is remarkable. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a lot of people sound. it's it is it's, it sounds very country and very different than country music. And it does. Exactly. It's also the production, and I know you didn't get into it, but the production on it is is very, very clean mm-hmm. uh in, in a lot of a lot of ways that I think a lot of albums around this time necessarily might weren't uh, this type of stuff. Yeah. Um it's it's no it's a remarkable album. I just not to end on that. I just I, that song. It's weird. You get to that point, you're like, okay, what and, was and especially if you consider all the choices for songs he had. Yeah, uh, with the other Flatlanders. I mean, they're always singing each other's uh, songs. Why mm. did he? Why was it Dallas on here? He had access yeah. to that song. <laughs> Such a fantastic um, song. I mean, there's so many great songs. Uh, he could go through. Uh, uh, either one of those guys' catalogs and pull out a bunch of songs that make Honky Tonkin' 100% unnecessary. And, and yeah. I just would like to talk, my favorite song on the album is I'll Be Your Fool. I'll be your fool I'll be Which is yep. such a great shuffle tune. I would I it just is. imagine dancing to that thing and yeah. it he's in got a, a great time. voice for that song. Too. Yeah. And Pawnee Bones all over that particular tune. It's uh it's a really it's a great album. And there's I there's something um yeah. that reminds me of Mexican music on this record. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's the accordion and uh, yeah. and and, and um, then uh the peppiness of it, it is yeah, uh, yeah. the junta sound that uh, it's definitely a Texas record. It takes oh, yeah. a lot of different influences in Texas and puts them together. Rolling Stone I, gives it four and a half. Uh, All Music Guide gives it five. It's uh, it's a well-reviewed album. And for somebody, I, I know we have some, I, talk, I was emailing with one of the guys from England. I think it would be so fun to be over there in England and plug into some of this that's so different than anything you've heard before. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I do have just one question. How many different types of food have been used to describe the moon? Yeah. Cornbread, grapefruit, (laughs) pizza, (laughs) cheese, cheese. cheese, That's right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, We have, uh, maybe everybody's hungry when they're looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, good, ladies good and gentlemen. Pick, that's good pick, Jam. Thank Uncle you very Tunk much. Masquerade by Joe Ely, a great uh, Texas album from 1978. You'll absolutely love it. Now uh, we got this other guy here. Uh, this is uh, a guy from Fort Worth. Born and bred. Tony. And uh, Tony's going to be talking about a guy from East Texas. So we're going to go all the way to the other side yep. and go to oh. Tyler, Texas, where they grow roses and Earl Campbell. And, uh, <laughs> and Adam Carroll. And yep. Adam Carroll, who we're going to be talking about his uh, his album. Uh, what is South it? of Town. South of Town, yeah, which is yep. the, a song on there that was the one I fell in love with first. Like making plans or problems, I just like knocking around, doing nothing. Feels like something when you're somewhere south of town. Uh, yeah, this is um, this was Adam Carroll's debut album. He was, I, I believe, 23 when he recorded it, and, and it was released in '98. Um, he is he is a guy who. Um, at the time this album was released was kind of a singular voice, I guess, in some ways. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's been compared to Towns Van Zandt in some circles. He's, he's uh, been compared to John Prine, obviously Dylan. Um, but what's really, so what's really compelling about him to me is his lyrics are, are really something else. They're poetic and literary They're but they're grounded in reality. They're full they're of funny. characters. They're funny. They're full of character studies, but they're told mm-hmm. honestly and they're sympathetic. And I mean, it's really he is a he's a true Texas storyteller. It's remarkable that this these songs were written <laughs> by a 23 year old, probably younger than that when he wrote them. Yeah. But the other compelling thing about it is his voice. This guy is is from Tyler and he's got a thick East <clears throat> Texas drawl. Yeah. And to yeah. hear that, that the juxtaposition of that. And it's not an unpleasant voice, but the juxtaposition mm-hmm. of that that East Texas drawl and what he's singing about just makes these songs stand out to me in a way that um, is is unlike anything else I, I've ever heard. I owe knowing this guy to my friend Matt Sturdivant, um, who introduced me to him, and uh, and I fell in love. He's like, you got to hear this, and I fell in love with this album South of Town instantly. As Doug said, it's funny. Um, his, I mean, he's, he's, he, he, that's what reminds me the most of Dylan is his sense of humor and the way well, he writes. It reminds me of the album we covered by Dylan quite a bit. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was about to say. He's I got that, that same kind of hapless guy that's uh, walking down the street, getting bumped into and shoved around. And mm-hmm. he's making and, comments about everything that's going on in the world around him. Exactly. And, and, and he's, and he's also, I mean, his, his vocal delivery is kind of, it's not really a talk and blues vocal delivery because he's singing. But it's borderline on that. You know, it's like this mixture of the two. Um, And he's had, you know, he's released nine albums. The most recent one, I think, was in 2019. The album after this, which I struggled with whether or not I was going to do um, or not, has a remarkable song on it called Rice Birds. It may be one of my top three favorite songs he ever did. Tale of the Turtle in Biotech cannot dance but I can hang on to some sweet memory up in Oberlin I was thinking of you at the Mardi Gras 
Fords and Chevys like I never saw. But this album has this great, great stuff on it. I mean, obviously the first song, Red Bandana Blues, is 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 instantly <laughs> great way to open, yeah. Instantly likable. Two tie-dyed brain-fried misfits who lived in a shack in the back of the Bodark Wood. A cat old guy and a crockett girl worked hard at staying stoned as best they could. Coming up at night, they were high as a Christmas moon. Uh, the second song, Cole, is about a guy who's in prison for killing a banker. And and it's just the way it's told from his, uh, you know, kind of inside of his head. And he's um, he's repentant about it and he's accepted his fate. Cole sits in prison. God save his soul. Served six years in Huntsville. 99 to go. Cole killed a banker for a watch and some cash. Now his thoughts fall on stone floors with cigarette ash. Any young son's got nothing but blood on his hands by the grave that he made for an old wealthy man and his mother. One of my favorite songs is the Smoky Mountain Taxi, where he's taking a taxi from the Smoky Mountains with this woman who's. Uh, That's got to be a true story. Nobody can make that up. But I ain't getting paid to carry your bags. Took a two hour taxi through North Carolina. I heard more bluegrass music than I wanted to hear. And the big lady driver, she had a tattoo of Jesus. Said, let the Lord bless you and keep you my dear. Said, let the Lord. But one of my favorite one of my favorite images on the album is so she's talking to this guy in the taxi. And, and I'm going to read this lyric. It says uh, she said, most of my family lives in a trailer, but my husband hauls diesel. So we're not on relief. And this is the narrator. And I pictured him somewhere on some lonely truck stop. He was hit, hitting on a waitress with a good set of teeth. That's such a great line, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause he's, I think he's kind of, he, you know, he's, he's, he's feeling for this lady, but he's also finding humor in the situation. Um, <laughs> that's the title track. I don't want to just go through all these things, but the title track, every time I hear it reminds me of Slade Cleves. And that yeah. brings me to another thing. This guy has nine albums to his name. Before he had his nine albums to his name, they released a tribute to him, a tribute album to, to Adam Carroll called Highway Prayer, a tribute to Adam Carroll. And Slade Cleaves is on it and he's covering that song, which I I it was just it's just <laughs> kind of funny. But that's I mean, this tells you something about the amount of respect people have for him. Slade Cleaves covers the song, James McMurtry's on it, Hayes Carl's on it, uh Noel McKay and Brennan Lee are on it. I mean, it's just I mean, people see this guy as as a true um you know tre- tre- texas treasure in terms of songwriting um well he's it, a solid um flat picker and, yeah his, uh, his 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 that's another thing i mean he, a lot of times singer songwriters just they just rely on their voice and, uh, and the songs but he is actually a, a really good guitar player and the band is really good uh yeah and produced. and this was produced by Lloyd Maines, Lloyd Maines, yeah. Who I think, in a lot of ways, to a lot of people who are younger than us and kind of into this kind of music, maybe just think of him as that. They don't think they think of him much as a steel player, which is a crime, yeah. but yeah, because he's yeah. an amazing I mean, steel player, he's a fantastic guitar player, steel player. But he's produced he's a producer. He, he produces a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, for a while there, he was ubiquitous when in uh, for. People, songwriters coming out of Austin. I mean, yeah, he was a hard worker, man. 
he was. And, um, and then, and then I just want to mention one last song, which is "Strangers' Advice." I'll tell you stories that my granddaddy told me, and I can still dance a good do see go. Said do right and live long and listen to sad songs, because your hearing's the first thing to go. Say what? Said your hearing's the first thing to go. Which is one of the yeah. funniest songs on the album. That's the one his <laughs> grandpa is giving him all kinds of advice. No, it's not his grandpa. Advice. It's a it's an old sailor in a bar. Oh, okay, right? yeah. and, uh, and and he ends it up by saying, "Don't take." Yeah, his 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 yeah. Big, his, <laughs> his secret his secret words of wisdom are five words, which is "Don't take strangers' advice." After he's the whole song, he's been telling the guy. But he's, it's got that great line about uh, in the chorus. It says, uh, "Do." Do right and live long and listen to sad songs because your hearing's the first thing to go. Oh, it's just a great, it's just a fantastic. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Anyway, I highly recommend this guy. You can check out any of his stuff. This is his debut. It's it's worth. It's a really it's good fun. introduction to this guy. I, I'm I'm surprised that his it's not compared a little bit more to uh, Robert L. King's first album. Yeah, with uh, some of the bluegrass overtones and uh, mm-hmm. I I mean there's Robert L. King does it right fast fast-paced yeah. lyrics like this but i tried hard to tell you i was no kind of dancer take my hand to prove i was wrong you got it me gently though i thought i could never we were dancing together at the end of the song uh there was a time when you couldn't it just seemed like adam carroll was playing everywhere and, it was and, and, and Austin and uh, another woman who sings on this is Terry Hendricks. Terry Hendricks, she's, who's yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, she was was everywhere for a while as well. Since sings quite, I think quite Lloyd well. Maines has produced a couple of her yeah. albums as well. Yeah. So yeah. sure, um, yeah, she's another back, th- back up on it. Yeah, one other comparison that I that came to my head, and I this is going to surprise y'all. It, it was Lou Reed, and part of it is he he kind of does that uh, talk sing. Caught between the twisted stars, the plotted lines, the faulty map that brought Columbus to New York. Betwixt between the east and west, he calls on her wearing a leather vest, the earth squeals and shudders to a halt. A diamond crucifix in his ear is used to help word off the fear that he yeah. in a few places and just some of the uh things that he was talking about, like uh what's that bubblegum or bad karma, let my guru be the judge. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of reminds me. Not, I think. Yeah, that song. That song to me seems like such a Dylan song. Well, my foot got stuck when I hit the gas, and I swerved to miss a skunk, and I ran into a bus loads full of ten to betting monks. Well, the bus was wrecked, nobody got hurt, but they cussed me really loud. Said, I guess this was the first time that y'all broke your silence vow. It's wow. like that stream of consciousness with a sense mm-hmm. of humor to it, and yeah, uh, just the ob- uh, absurd, absurdest things. What's that? Yeah. He's, that he's he. It's just like that other album, and just like this bumbling guy. Uh, things keep yeah. happening to him, and he's just commenting on. <laughs> what uh, I am curious though, Doug, when we, when I was revisiting this album and thinking about us talking about it, I I know you have a love hate relationship with the harmonica. Did it bother you on this album? No. Um, it doesn't bother me on uh, free willing either because it's yeah. uh new. What, what, it bothers me when Highway 51 revisited 
where it goes on and on unnecessarily. But uh, a lot of these things, it's like uh, punctuation. It's like, a, yeah. it's, a, it's like the drum beat after a joke uh, yeah. to, to give people time to laugh while he moves on. <laughs> Um, yeah. No, I, nothing about this album bothered me at all. I, I enjoyed well, it. I'm glad you. I, I was very impressed with this album. I had no idea. Well, is the we, rest we need of the stuff him is over. great? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy him a beer. There you go. Like, that time I was out of out of work, and I sat down next to uh, James McMurtry, and we drank beers. And he goes, he got up and walked out. He had a hit album. He got up and walked out and said, "Thanks for the beers." <laughs> <laughs> We were at Hutt's Hamburgers. <laughs> I didn't have any money. <laughs> anyway, that's well. And any of, any of us could have picked his debut, James Berkey's debut as well, because that's a fantastic that album. Is a fantastic yeah, we'll, album. we'll have to go there. Um, yeah, he's a songwriter just like his dad is a book writer. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Doug. Now we'll go your back turn. to my, my favorite subject. I've got a record from my youth. Um, I can't remember who pushed this record on me. It was early. And well, you need to write them a thank you note. I do. I will if I can remember them. This is Willis Allen Ramsey. Spider John is my name, friends. I'm in between freights and short be blast. I could share your company. On my way to nowhere, I've been running from my pants. So right between uh, Lubbock and Tyler, we have a place called Dallas, La <laughs> Reunion. Um, and this, um, for those that don't know, Dallas is next to Fort Worth, right, Tony? Uh, yeah, we try to. We try not to think about it. You try it. to separate them as far as you can. We just, you know, I think I've said this before. Maybe if I haven't, it's worth repeating. When I was growing up, the uh, the uh, the um, graffiti in the bathrooms in Fort Worth said, remember to flush, Dallas needs the water. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Fort Worth is where the West begins, and Dallas right. is where the pretty boys with uh, loafers live. <laughs> and uh, Willis Allen Ramsey grew up in uh, Highland Park. A very nice part of Dallas. A very nice part <laughs> yes, of Dallas, yeah. yeah. River Oaks and Highland Park are where the richest people in Texas usually live. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went to a, a uh, private school and was in the Glee Club or whatever they called it there. And uh, But he put out this record and... It it was astonishing. It blew everybody away. It was very popular with Texas singer-songwriters. And it made him a bunch of money. I'm not going to tell you which song made him the most money. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think you, I think you, need, you do, I think, you do I think need you to talk say, about we that. We got to talk that song. We'll talk about that here at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I I'm struggling with how to describe him so i'm gonna turn it over to tony and jm to tell me a little bit how to how to describe this i i don't know how to describe this it is um it's unlike anything else it's 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 folky it's Mm -hmm. country it's bluesy Uh, considering this album has a, a a bit of a reputation as kind of starting the whole outlaw country thing it's mm -hmm. odd because it doesn't sound 
I mean, it's country, but it doesn't sound country in the way that something it's like very retiring is. compared yeah. to something like honky tonk. I, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, um, and this might not. This is gonna come out of left field, like Jam's Lou Reed comment did. I think, um, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I just uh, I. I and I'll freely admit, I did not know this album very well, except for maybe one song <laughs> until Doug, until Doug wanted to talk about it. And I feel like a, a dumb, dumb, because this is something I just fell in love with. Um, but it, it's, it's like a, a country version of a, of a Harry Nielsen album. To yeah. Me. That's, that's a good way good. to put it. That's a that's great way to good. describe it. That's a great way to describe um, it. Yeah. Um, anyway. You know, that might have something to do with the producer. So the producer is uh, Denny Cordell. Anybody know who he's worked with before? No. Harry Nielsen? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, probably his biggest claim to fame is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. He did uh, their first few albums. Um, but he also has worked with the Moody Blues, Pro Call Harem, uh, Joe Cocker. Um, so he kind of... Um, not real high electric sound, but he seems to be able to kind of, uh, at least before he started producing Tom Petty, he seemed to kind of hit, uh, hit a stride with these guys that were, you know, really good musicians. And, you know, a frequent collaborator with him was uh, Leon Russell, who happens to be playing on this album. Well, it's was recorded in his studio. Yeah. Leon Russell's was, studio. That's correct. Yeah. You guys know the story about how Leon Russell heard it the first time mm -mm. or heard these songs the first time. So, uh, uh, Willis Allen Ramsey was playing at a coffee house. I don't know. He doesn't name the coffee house in this interview. So he was playing a coffee house at UT and, uh, and um, Leon Russell and Greg Allman were in town playing a music festival. I don't know what music festival that would be, but they were in a, in the same hotel. And so he decides he's going to go track them down. He knocks on their doors and says, I, I you need to hear my songs. And he, <laughs> and, and he just credits the fact that he was so forthcoming that they said, okay, whatever, and gave him a chance. Both of them. So he plays his songs for Leon Russell and Leon Russell's roadie. He plays his songs for um, Greg Allman and Dickie Betts, and they're all blown away. He gets two offers for for recording contract, one from Leon Russell's shelter uh, studio based in L.A., and the other one for uh, Greg Allman's Atlanta based Capricorn Records. And the only reason he didn't do the Atlanta thing is because his family grew up in Georgia, and he's like, I, I did, you know, I felt it was better being closer uh i didn't want to be close to atlanta so he goes to la but that's how he got it he just shows up at their hotel room <laughs> not brazenly knocks on the door and says you got to hear these songs well you got to grab opportunity by the beard which it doesn't yeah. have a tail which is odd considering this is his only album you would think somebody with that kind of attitude about stuff would would be significantly more uh well you know uh, what he says when people ask him why he didn't do another album no what was wrong on the with first the first one? one? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing yeah. is wrong with the first one. Yeah. yeah, you know this. Uh, this sounds like a guy with a good voice and a well-produced record, and he's mm -hmm. covering a bunch of classics uh, from from guys that went before him. It, it, and then, but none of them are. They're his songs, and. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. I, I want to talk a little bit about some of these songs. Um, I think I know which one is Tony's favorite. What's okay. your favorite, Tony? I want you to tell me. 
if you know what it is. Well, goodbye to old Missoula. Uh, I would say that is my favorite if it weren't for the ballad of Spider John. Spider John. I know why Tony likes that one. It's because Jimmy Buffett covered it. <laughs> <laughs> Contrary to that. I, the first song on this album that I went, oh, I really like that was Goodbye, Old Missoula. And it's a great yeah, name. It, it is sounds good a little bit like something that would uh, come from uh, the birds when they were doing mm-hmm. the... Uh, well, it, it's 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 fantastic. And the steel playing is great on it. And... Yeah. Uh, and played by oh, the great Red Roads, by the way. And that song was also, oddly enough, there's a great cover version of it by somebody we talked about tonight. Jimmy Dale. Jimmy, Jimmy Dale Gilmore does an amazing <laughs> version of that song. But I think I, I think it's the lyrics in the Ballad of Spider John that just grab me every time I hear. I don't want it. To, I don't. I want to yeah. hit repeat and hear that song but, again. Uh, that, al- that song could be an album, a whole side of an album that would have. Yeah, good. And his voice is absolutely perfect for both. His of those voice songs. is amazing. He's got a fantastic voice. I mean, it, it, my you know the last two songs, Angel Eyes, I think just absolutely beautiful. I say, Lord. You- Listening to her laughter, I could hear my time. Goodness knows I love my angel. The way that the the, uh, cello comes in on that one is just beautiful. And then one of my all time songs to have ever come out of Texas, (laughs) Northeast Texas Women. That's pretty um, great. <laughs> I mean, whenever, whenever I'm out, like I, I lived out of um, Texas for a few years. That don't make you homesick. I don't make that song. Whenever I was homesick, I, I would I would think about that song, and uh, just a big smile would come to my face. And, and but it's just a it's a fantastic song. Another thing about this album, let's, we, we talked about it being the the start of the outlaw country music. The guys that play on this are incredible. Guys we've talked about before. Carl right. Rattle. Where did yep. he? Who, Derek and the Dominoes. Yep. Jim we could have had quite a good. Um, uh, we yeah. could have had a good uh, connections on this one. Well, I'm guessing yeah. it's all because of of where he recorded it. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and I think that um, at the time, Denny Cornell was living in uh, in Oklahoma, and and that where uh, Leon Russell had his recording studio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in Tulsa. So, and uh, eventually, that's on their way back. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers uh, met Denny Cornell on the coming back from uh, Los Angeles. 
But anyway, that uh, the Ballad of Spider John is is a famous album. Uh, North Northeast Texas Women was covered by Jerry Jeff Walker, and uh, it's really surprising because I think Willis Allen Ramsey out Jerry Jeff Walker, <laughs> out <laughs> Jerry Jeff Walker, Jerry Jeff Walker on uh, that song. Uh, yeah, right. it's uh, I, it's hard to argue that. It's hard mm-hmm. to argue that. Also, I, I I mean, I know we're not talking about every song on every album we're talking about tonight, but I also want to give a shout out to Painted Lady. love that that is a great one, uh, great great song <laughs> that has a lot of energy compared to some of the things around yeah. it comes yeah. Yeah. yeah a boy from oklahoma it was about woody guthrie uh, yeah. uh woody guthrie and uh it's it's another good one west virginia coal mines it took so many lives all the way that drove the migrant workers back over in the mexico I like all of them. Um, I, mean, too. I guess uh, Watermelon I, Man's my least favorite, but it's still <laughs> fine. So still a good song. Well, yeah, no, I, there is another one. We got to talk about the monster in the room. Okay, and I got to tell everybody <laughs> why why he was able to retire. Um, <laughs> this guy made a gazillion dollars off of a song, and. I hesitate to say this because you're going to get the wrong idea about this record from what I'm going to tell you. But there's a song on here called Muskrat Candlelight. And they whirl and they twirl and they tangle Singing and jinging the jangle Floating like the heavens above and it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek uh, deal that he did, but it was adopted by a band called Captain Antonil and turned into mas- muskrat love. <laughs> Well, it was before that. Number one, before that, it was recorded by America's Muskrat Love. That's where Captain Teal heard it. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Um, So, (laughs) but his version is—you wouldn't know that they were. You would know they were the same song, but you can't believe that. Well, somebody actually wanted to. and, And and what? And the problem with that with. The Captain and Tennille version being such a, I mean, it was, I think it was, uh, it was number one one for a couple of weeks, wasn't it? It it was, no, it never got to be, it was number four on the Billboard Hot 100 and number two on Cash Cash Box, but it was one of the biggest songs in 1976. It's difficult to take that out of your head when you hear this version, which is a shame (laughs) because 
Yes, it's the same song, but it's not the same not song. Not the same. It's not the same. And, uh, and, it, he's, and he's talking to. <laughs> it's completely different interpretation. Well, uh, and, and musically and everything musically else. Musically, it's, and, and, and it, it's, it's kind really, of a. It's got a little jazz thing going. It does. On. Yeah, yeah. The bass and is I, kind of uh, thudding through it, and and it's a little heavier. I mean, I, I was playing it for Lindsay earlier today, and before the singing came in, she goes, "Is this a Nick Drake song?" So, which I thought was funny because instrumentally it's very similar to something that Drake would have done. Yeah. It, uh, I, yeah, I, um, it was, it's so hard to disengage that Captain and Tennille version of the song, but it really does a disservice to the song. Listen, it's not the best song on the album, but it's no. by, it's by far not anywhere close as, <laughs> as, as saccharine and bad as Muskrat Love by Captain and Tennille is. And yeah. having said know. that, <laughs> I think it would be so cool if you wrote a song like this and Captain and Tanil uh, gave you mailbox money for the rest of your life. Well, listen, y'all, like, what it oh, is. We're too pure to sell out like that. Whatever. <laughs> um, great song. Uh, great album. Goodbye to Old Missoula is so irresistible. I, it I is. Know. That's on my is. list of songs I can't listen to one time. Mm-hmm. There, there are so many. I. I said this before we started recording. I'm obsessed with this album now that we've done it. And yeah. uh, and hopefully at some point we can maybe take a, li- a little deeper dive into it. Because it is it is this is an album. All three of the albums we talked about tonight are great albums. But this album lends itself to really paying attention to it. Yeah, it's a, fan- I mean, it's it's a, a fantastic a- album. What's crazy yeah. about it is this guy made a huge splash in Texas singer-songwriter things. He had all kinds of great uh, musicians and and songwriters thinking he was the the biggest deal that ever happened. And then he just stops and moves to uh, the United Kingdom. I think he lived in Scotland for a long time. And I remember he came back from Scotland about 20 or 25 years. And I saw him at the Cactus Cactus Cafe uh, with real small crowd and uh, unbelievable great show. Um, But, he, you know, he just decided he wanted to do something else. So there you go. Well, he wrote, he also, I mean, he did write a, another pretty big hit in the late With the, 90s, the La Love It. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Is that uh, You're Not From Texas? That's right. You're Not From Texas. 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 Texas won't you anyway. That's right. You're Not From Texas. That's right. You're Not From Texas. That's right. You're Not From Texas. Texas won't you anyway. So I was, I was. You know, I, I I was just curious what he was doing, and I saw I don't know if it actually happened or not, but I saw he was scheduled to play at the Devil's Backbone Tavern in Wimberley in December. Mm. Yeah, I saw that too. So maybe wow. he's on the road again. We can all go see him. Yeah, that would great. be awesome. That would be. He's pretty old now. Well, um, I saw I saw a video of him playing at Threadgill's maybe eight years ago, and he sounded fine. Yeah. It's not like it's not like this this music on this album is going to be straining to him, you know. Um, no, it's not. And, and, and for those uh, of y'all that don't know, Thread Gills is it is about a quarter mile from my house, right down the road. But was that's where uh, was. Don't, don't break my heart. That's where uh, <laughs> Janis Joplin got her singing start, and uh, where and where uh, thousands of Central Texans got uh, coronary heart disease. <laughs> yeah, I'm eating the best That's chicken, chicken fried, fried steak. steak. But it's gone now. It's breaks. Yeah. It's ever since uh, Austin became part of California, they shut it down. 
All right, guys, that's three great albums. I'll be yeah. shocked if we don't revisit uh, most of these yeah. just because they deserve a longer podcast. But we had to do this emergency podcast because of the guilt that we've been carrying around by not sharing these albums with all these wonderful people who download us every week. Thank you all very much. We got a lot of wonderful people listening from all over the world, and it's it's really an honor to uh, that you take the time to listen. We got somebody listening to us in Miami, Florida. Did y'all know there was a Miami in Florida? I only know about I, the Miami and Ohio. Yeah. I just know about the Miami, Texas up uh, near Amarillo. <laughs> uh, used to be in my territory. And there's a London, England. How about that? We got three that. people listening to the last episode from London, England. I just want to thank all these people from around the world. Uh, Dublin, Ohio, I think I mentioned before, but they sure are loyal, or that one person is. Um, St. John's, New Brunswick. We've got uh, Rockwall, Texas. That's the smallest county in Texas. Uh, and Loving County has the smallest population. Rockwall is the smallest uh, geographically. Hmm. Halifax, Nova Scotia. All our great uh, fans up there in uh, Canada. Uh, Aurelia, Ontario. Y'all ever heard of that? Can't say that I have. We got more fans there than we do in uh, Toronto. Really? Again, uh, I'd like to thank Canada. It goes Aurelia, Toronto, Calgary. All of those come in uh, right after Austin and Houston. So thank you all very much. And then we go to Leander, Texas, where JM lives. And then uh, we got Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm saying that wrong, right? No, Manitoba's right. So thank you. Thank you guys very much. And Bangkok, Bangkok's been listening. Thank all of y'all very much, and uh, we appreciate that. JM, you want to shut us down? You bet. So that's it for our look at uh, great Texas albums. Let us know what you think about this al- uh, this podcast and uh, any other podcasts that we've done up also, on our website. we forgot a Texas album, maybe you ought to write in and tell us about a great Texas album we didn't cover. Uh, you can let us know on our website tappingvinyl.com you'll also find all sorts of good stuff up there to related to albums we've looked at in the past and uh, including links to all the past episodes and just more information associated with each album you can also reach us via twitter at tapping vinyl you can visit our facebook group page well there are two uh there are two uh this is vinyl tap facebook group page we're the ones with more than six fans and uh, Uh, we talk about something besides our own records for our host doug cooper our co-host tony slagle and me your humble producer jonathan jm rowe this is vinyl tap where all the podcasts go to 11 and reminding you there's only two things better than milkshakes and malts and one's dancing like the dickens to the West Texas Waltz. And the other is something. It's nothing to speak of. It's something you do.
If you've done it before, you'll be doing it soon. Doing it.